2: Welcome back, guys.
3: DGS on KMOX. Happy Thursday to you. As you know, weather moving in uh, tomorrow in the morning should get worse in the afternoon. Uh, clear up tomorrow night, and then over the weekend it's just butt-ass cold. It's it's like negative air temperature. So uh, you know what we're getting into. Gets a little bit better in the middle of the week. Next week, my next guest really been looking forward to talking to Ken. Uh, Ken Block is the president of Sympatico Software Systems Incorporated. Uh, following the election of twenty twenty. He did some work for Donald Trump in the Trump campaign and uh, really looking forward to hearing his story. Ken, welcome to the show. Thanks for uh, giving us a few minutes.
4: Not a problem. Thanks for having me. So,
3: Ken, I'm just going to let you tell the story. Uh, we'll jump in if we need to or, or you know, follow up. But I, I just want to hear you tell the story of how you got involved with Donald Trump and how it went.
4: Yeah, the uh, I was sitting on my back porch the uh, day after the election. I got a phone call on my cell phone. From a number i didn't recognize in dc and it was one of the top lawyers uh, within the trump campaign calling me asking me if i would use my expertise and experience in helping them look for voter fraud uh in support of the efforts that they've had in the month of november 2020 to contest the election and i was sitting with my wife and daughter and It wasn't exactly ready. I wasn't able to convince them spot on to do the work. It took some talking and some negotiating with the lawyers. But ultimately, I decided to jump in and take a look. The understanding for my engagement was that I would look for voter fraud. Uh, I would tell them what I found, but I wouldn't be able to uh, custom deliver something that they asked for. And they totally understood that they were interested in understanding the lawyers I work for were interested in getting at the truth about what was there, because if they were gonna put their names on a lawsuit, they wanted to know that the data behind that lawsuit was accurate. And I jumped in and started looking for deceased voters in the swing states that everybody knows by heart. Uh, we looked for duplicate votes cast by the same person in multiple different places. And while that work was going on, I had uh, earned the trust of, of those attorneys, and they started running past me claims that had come to their attention that others had made from all over the country. Uh, and they campaign wanted to know whether these claims were true or not, and they didn't have any ability to, to analyze these claims. So the claims that they sent my way were claims that had a foundation of data behind them. So the, the states make available directly after the election, information about who voted uh, and the manner in which they voted. Uh, So, uh, the claims that came to me were claims like, well, in Pennsylvania there were a bunch of dead people who voted, or in another state there were literally hundreds of thousands of duplicate votes was one of the claims that had found their way to me, and I was able to, in every circumstance, more than a dozen times, explain to the attorneys in plain English why the claims were wrong It was usually a a really bad understanding, misunderstanding on the part of whoever had put the claim together in Mm -hmm. the first place. And uh, we stopped a number of lawsuits from ever being filed because of that work. Um, Many people don't know that there were different camps of lawyers working for the campaign. Those who were actually paid by the campaign were very careful. Uh, They did their due diligence. They trusted me to help them understand the claims that were made. Near the end of the month in November, the lawyer that I reported to uh, took our findings collectively to Mark Meadows, who was Trump's chief of staff, told Mr. Meadows in no uncertain terms that the campaign was unable to find anywhere near enough fraud to change a result, and that every single fraud claim that we evaluated was false mark meadows response to that and this is uh in the dep- depositions taken by the january Sixth committee mark meadows response to that information was well i guess there's no there there and then we learned that mr meadows took those findings into the oval office and per his own admission told president trump that the campaign was not able to find any voter fraud that mattered <sighs> So I'm a lawyer
3: myself, Ken, and uh, up to that point, and I'm not a Donald Trump fan, just so you know, but up to that, but I'm a reasonable man, up to the point that you're talking about, I'm fine with that. You know, if Donald Trump either personally had reason to think that maybe something was was hinky or he had been told that by people he trusted, I don't mind his lawyers hiring a, a kin Block to go run it down find out, okay, there's no there there. We t- we made the college try. Uh, January 6th, they're going to uh, uh, accept the 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 votes, and then we're going to go to the inauguration and shake Joe Biden's hand. I got no problem with that at all. It's a little weird, never been done in American history, but fair enough. You get to follow the due process. Ken, were you personally surprised, shocked, not surprised, when following your report in the days after that, they continued to go with that uh, that narrative?
4: Uh, Very much so, Uh, although I was aware that there were a great many claims of fraud that never found their way to me. Uh, The Sidney Powells and Rudy Giuliani's of the world uh, were at war with the lawyers who were doing their due diligence. So there was a whole separate group of uh, people uh, making claims, filing unsuccessful lawsuits, and, and generally stirring things up. Uh, you, you know, January 6th for me was a, a horrendous event. Uh, one that makes me sad that the work that I had done uh, didn't seem to matter to, to anybody in terms of uh riling the crowds up and, and making some, in my opinion, bad things happen on January 6th. Look, I firmly believe that it is a candidates right i'm a former gubernatorial candidate up here in rhode island twice actually Mm -hmm. so i know how hard it is to run for a big office i know how much work goes into it i know how personal it becomes there's no way it can't be personal so i get all of the hard feelings and and everything else that comes along with it but leadership means doing the right thing uh, even when you don't want to sometimes and uh, i'm not at all sure that the right thing has been done here Uh, what's for me of equal, if not more importance in my book, other than telling the stories that I'm just hinting at now with you here, uh, I go, I, I was able to go through and get a really nice set of data, uh, in early 2023 election data can take a long time to find its way out into the public and, and where uh, it's all pulled together, but I got a, a national set of data. And I was able to, going through that data, show with great clarity exactly why Trump lost the election. And it's very common sense. It's a nationwide trend. It's not just in a couple of places. And most interestingly, uh, where the trend isn't there is in some of the bluest states in the country, Trump actually did better in 2020 than he did in 2016 uh-huh. in places like California and Illinois and uh, Philadelphia. And that's not doesn't fit the the basic narrative of fraud. Usually those places are associated with with lots and lots of voter fraud. But Trump's results relatively speaking in 2016 to 2020, uh, he did better. And so I, I run through the whole thing in general, in my line of work, uh, and it's it simple explanations are usually the right uh-huh, ones. Uh-huh. Uh, and constructing a really complex, uh, almost fact-less set of claims that can't be proven is not doesn't stand up at all when there are some really basic, oh my god, really type data that's just sitting there that explains the whole thing. If, and, guys, uh,
3: if you're just joining uh, us, we're talking to Ken Block. He's the president of Sympatico Software Systems, who uh, whose firm was engaged by Donald Trump's lawyers uh, after the election to look into voter fraud. Was able to debunk uh, the claims that were made and uh, reported that to Mark Meadows, who reported that to Donald Trump. Then the rest is history. Uh, Ken, I'm going back to my days as a lawyer, and I remember getting involved in cases, for example, products liability rollover cases with cars, and to this day, I can talk about. The T over 2H or the 2 over TH ratio and blah 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 blah. When you did this work uh on the election, I have said, as an untrained person, that if one party could truly rig and overthrow a national presidential election, that would be like going to the moon. That would be so incredibly impressive. And then to keep it quiet, which is one reason I just did I found the whole thing kind of ludicrous. Now that you are in this world and and you've 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 dove deep into it, do you agree with that? Did you come out with an appreciation of oh my lord to to do what they say would have been done would have been amazingly impressive?
4: Yeah, I mean the problem is you you can't. There are so many different wildly varying claims that are out there. There isn't one overriding claim. There you know it's oh my gosh, something bad happened in an arena in Georgia, and, and oh my gosh, in, in Pennsylvania, something different happened, and oh, there were boxes of ballots in a ditch. I mean, there's there's this avalanche of claims, almost all of them anecdotal or to get a little bit more technical, hearsay, right? Mm-hmm. These, are, these are claims, it's like a he said, she said thing, but with no evidence to back them up whatsoever. And uh, you can't and shouldn't Ask for the American people or the American uh, court system to consider a dramatic action like overturning an election with some extraordinarily weak evidence, like has been done in this case. My job, in fact, my contract that I signed compelled me to find evidence that would stand up in court. Mm,
3: interesting.
4: And I insisted on that going into it because, you know, that was my own set of protection in this yeah. whole thing. I wasn't going to attach my name to claims that i could not confidently stand up in court and swear an oath that that they were true um yeah so it was a, it was a very interesting thing now what i will also say though and this is this is another part of the book which by the way you can uh, get information at, at disproven.com the uh our elections aren't perfect not by a long shot and by that i don't mean that they're loaded with fraud but the way that we conduct our elections uh is kind of insane when you consider how technologically advanced we are and that we have national elections uh, implemented at the state level, there are dramatic differences in how the states conduct their federal elections. Uh, And to just give you a a, a quick taste of it, um, I'm gonna ask you a question. If uh, you or someone you knew uh, voted by mail a few weeks before the election, and then they died before Election Day. Do you believe that that vote should count or should not count? Uh, my gut would be that it should count. It depends on where you live. Hmm. Hmm. And to me, that's a horrific answer yeah. to mm-hmm. that question. Yeah. Because how can our federal elections, our congressional elections, have a fundamental difference on whether or not your vote counts... In that scenario, based on where you happen to live. And in some states, it's not a state law that implements that sort of thing. Sometimes it's a county by county interpretation. There's about a dozen states that allow the allow that vote. There's about a dozen, 15 states that disallow the vote. And all the other states don't have a law that addresses the situation. So what I'm what I advocate for in the book, and I talk about a lot of different situations like this. We really need to stop running our elections like we're living 200 years ago. We have federal laws that are not consistently applied, uh, that pertain to our elections from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. By the way, uh, there's about 5,000 different election jurisdictions in the United States, most of which buy their own gear to conduct the election. So when he, uh, most people will think, oh, there's 50 election systems. No, there's way more than that. There's about 5,000, and that means there's also 5,000 different interpretations of a lot of the laws that are out here. So there's, there's a lot of things that we can and should do to make our elections better, to make them more consistent, because inconsistency is sort of the direct uh, opposite of mm-hmm. integrity, right? We want election integrity. How do you have it? When everybody's kind of doing their own thing in terms of uh, interpreting the laws, yeah. or, or sometimes just making up their own laws about how things work, uh, there are a lot of jurisdictions in this country where they still track who comes in to vote on a gigantic stack of paper with stickers. We're 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 tracking who votes with one hundred year old technology, mm. right? And, and that it just shouldn't be that way. And and I'm again, this is not. A claim that therefore our elections are corrupt, that that the wrong person won or anything like that. But it's we really need and should be doing all of this way better because our elections are really important. Uh. And there's a lot that we can do to tighten things up.
3: Uh, Ken, is the book available now or is it on its way?
4: It's uh, for pre-sale now. You can find it on Amazon. It's called Disproven. It's a very long subtitle. I won't tell you. I won't read the subtitle to you. Uh, The book comes out on March the 12th. And uh, it's all very exciting. Uh, First time authorship for me.
3: Okay. So go to disproven.com. That's Ken Block. Ken, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for your candor. We appreciate it.
4: Thank you very much.
3: Grace, what do you got for two minutes?
0: I have some audio here. I've been meaning to play this for a couple days. So I told you guys that over Christmas break, I got kind of into Gypsy Rose Blanchard. She was just released from prison for uh, being an accessory to her mother's murder. Well, she's out now and she's doing all the podcasts and all the shows and people are rooting for her, which, you know, I don't blame them. She had a hard life. She was abused and stuff. But at the end of the day, she was a part of a murder. So let's not, you know, heap too much praise, right? At the end of the day, somebody needs to tell that to Joy Behar on The View.
1: In my words, that you are not alone in, in, in this, you know, situation. There are other ways out. Um, I, did, I did it the wrong way um no, So no, no, no. you know, don't say that. I, but I, did, no choice, I did. I did really. something wrong, and I, I paid my dues for it. Oh, you mean that part? Yes, the part of it. Oh, yeah. You know that part of it. <laughs> yeah. Where are you no,
0: going with this? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. 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 Oh, <laughs> you know, so is I did something. Yes, murder wrong. Yeah, right. wrong. <laughs> Pretty pathetic that we have to clarify that murder is wrong. But uh, I hate to say this, but Joey Behar
3: just seems sub intelligent. She did, you know. Like, how many dumb things can you say before you go, you seem
0: kind of dumb? Or just being yeah. in such a rush to support someone. I mean, I get it. Like, you're sitting next to her. You probably do think she's a sweet girl. You're probably in a rush to support her. But it's like, let's hold back a little bit here. This, now, this I, is bigger than just trying to be nice to I probably did wrong somebody.
1: by murdering my mom.
0: No, don't, no. <laughs> don't say don't that. Don't you say that. <laughs> don't be so hard
1: on yourself just because you uh, killed your mother in a really weird and twisted way.
0: She had a
3: Happy Thursday. Uh, By now, I'm sure you know about the weather coming in tomorrow. But I'll just remind you that Dave Murray says it's going to be kind of uh, spitting snow and rain in the morning. And then it gets kind of serious about 3 p.m. Goes until about 8, which is exactly uh drive time for St. Louis, and uh, then it's going to uh, snow about two or three inches, and then it just gets really, really cold for Saturday and Sunday and Monday and Tuesday. Cold as in highs around 10, lows below zero, and then Sunday, Dave says we could get another couple of inches of snow, so... Winter's finally here. sounds like February. I hate to just be the bearer of bad news, but February is going to be kind of the same, really bitter cold and more snow, and we'll get a little bit of a respite uh, somewhere around the 21st, 22nd, 23rd of January. So there you go. That's what we're looking at. it's, uh, It's finally winter. Good, bad, right, or wrong. Rage Throwback Thursday?
0: Yes, it's time for Throwback Thursday. 51 years ago. All right, let's start with something that I know Wheeler will have a take on. In 1973, owners of the American League teams voted to adopt the designated hitter rule on a trial basis. And that trial is still going on.
1: Yeah, and now it's both leagues and it's better. It's just better. Is-
0: See, the person who wrote this, uh, I, like from the prep service I used, said that baseball died on this day. They don't yeah. like the designated. Mm-hmm. I mean, role. yeah,
1: you can tell the popularity has shrunk <laughs> to the fact that it's the second largest mm. revenue grossing sport in the world. But, you know, it'd be one thing if you trained pitchers to actually hit. But they don't. Like you'll get guys that haven't taken a bat since high school. And then all of a sudden they're in the big leagues. And like, hey, yeah, go get a hit against Shohei Otani. Like, why would you do that? So given the nature of the, the beast and the fact that so many pitchers are just not even trained, let's have hitters hit, pitchers pitch and be happy. Did it? Did you say it's a trial?
0: That They adopted in it on a trial basis.
1: But it, it, oh, but it's not still saying, a trial. Yeah, no, I was saying like no, the trial no, okay, in no, quotes. No, no. I was like, it's been 41 years. <laughs> yeah, it's a long trial.
0: 47 years ago in 1977, Keith Richards had been convicted of cocaine possession and fined $1,300. <laughs> That's
1: actually probably a lot of money back then, right? Like, what would that be probably now? not for a Rolling Stone. Oh, no, no, no. But. <laughs>
0: 18 years ago in 2006 that doesn't sound right uh, (laughs) Eminem and his ex-wife Kim Mathers applied for a marriage license in Michigan and remarried three days later their second marriage lasted only 11 weeks before he filed for divorce man I remember that being such a thing like Eminem and Kim are fighting again It was Mm -hmm. a big thing and like the celebrity gossip and stuff at the time my mom wouldn't shut up about it I know. (laughs) same with mine 15 years ago in 2009 again that hurts Heath Ledger won Best Supporting Actor at the Golden Globes for playing the Joker in The Dark Knight, he would go on to win an Oscar for it a month later. That was
1: 15 years ago. 15 and years he ago. he was already
0: dead at that point, right? I do believe he was. I think when he, he won was. the award, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, because he died before the movie came out. So, wait, so how, how he? what would he be now? Would he be like 45?
0: That's a good question. 50? Let's Google Heath real quick. Heath. Probably 50. I think
1: he was a little older. Yeah, he wasn't like a really young kid when he was doing that. He was yeah. probably mid-30s.
0: He was born in 1979.
1: Oh, all right. So 45-ish, coming up on 45? He
3: would be 15 years old, uh, younger than me. Mm-hmm.
0: 14 years ago in 2010, Mark McGuire admitted he was using performance enhancing drugs when he broke the single season home run record in
1: 1998. I was there. (laughs) He came up and did the big mea culpa during spring training. Oh, wow. Actually, it was right before winter warm-up that the news broke and he was going to address like the St. Louis media. And it was at the Millennium Hotel, I think at the time. And there was just like it was really poorly handled, and they tried to crowd everybody into this little space, and it just didn't work. So they just called it off. And then he did it at spring training. So mm. that year down in spring training, every baseball media outlet and writer you could think of was in Cardinal spring training when they reported because he was a coach then he was becoming the hitting coach. And it was—I mean, it was insane—the number of people that were there.
0: What was the vibe like whenever he made the announcement? You
1: know, it wasn't—he it, handled it really well then like the whole winter warm up thing was handled very poorly some of it was him growing impatient with the impatient with the crowded room and some of it the team didn't do a good job of kind of arranging the right way to do it uh, but once he got the spring training he he just we we it was done outside the Cardinals clubhouse down in Jupiter um there's like a little area there where you can stand and he just stood in the middle and did his thing and then probably took questions for 20 25 30 minutes he handled it really well in that moment A lot of the lead-up before that was not handled great, but that part he did a good job.
0: 14 years ago in 2010, again, new tombs were discovered near the Great Pyramids. Those tombs support the theory that Egypt's pyramids were built by paid workers, not by enslaved people. They were built by aliens. And 12 years ago in 2012, Ryan Reynolds, that sounds insane, 12 years ago was 2012, uh, Ryan Reynolds won the Best Superhero Award at the People's Choice Awards for Green Lantern. Somehow he beat out Chris <laughs> Evans for the first Captain America and Chris Hemsworth for the first Thor. So uh, good for Ryan the, Reynolds on that one. The
1: worst movie like ever was the Green Lantern.
0: Never saw it. I always
1: oh. thought it looked
3: I'm the only mm. person who liked it. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, I get why everyone hates it. Yeah. But I, I thought it was okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, you make me
0: break. 453, DGS and Wax. Right, you have a couple of headlines? Yeah, headlines is brought to you by Schnooks. Reward yourself daily with the Schnooks Rewards app. Storms brought extreme weather to all 50 states this week. That's kind of yeah. impressive, really. Interesting. Multiple people have died and nearly 900,000 were left without power after Storm Finn ripped through the Atlantic coast this week. There were 14 suspected tornadoes reported across Florida, Alabama, Georgia, and South Carolina on Tuesday. And at least four people died because of dangerous weather in the south. Mm. So lots going on. Mm -hmm. And we have our own uh, not super dangerous weather, but dangerously cold weather coming up this weekend. So,
3: I mean, you know, you think about homeless people uh, like my mom you know 96 years old lives in the same house my dad and she built in 1946 and she's worried about well what if uh what if a uh, a pipe bursts and all I could tell her was call me but I'll, you'll have to do the same thing i would you know unless you're a plumber or a real handyman
1: that's what everyone's going to have to do right right get in line right i said shut up <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, real quick Fruit Stripe gum is discontinued After oh, 54 man. years This is sad I love Fruit Stripe I mean I haven't bought it in 20 years stealing this Then you're line. to blame from my very good
3: friend, Trisha Siegman, because I, I walked by her office today and she was talking to herself, uh, practicing the headlines. And the first one was that fruit stripe gum. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, you caught me. Uh, <laughs> but she said, like, it's the best gum ever for the first 10 seconds. And that's oh, yeah. so
0: true. The yeah. best gum ever. Like, and I'm never chewing another so kind quickly. of, oh, it's
1: gone. Yeah. Then it's yeah. Just, Gotta gone. Got to pop in another one. I'm oh, a big league chew guy. Of course.
3: I also like Big League Chew. I just
1: bought Big Grape. League Chew. I know, it's
3: so good. Yeah, mm. Check it out in Schnooks. you know, they have like, maybe you want Pringles, yeah. maybe you want a Twix bar. Yep, yep. And I saw the Big League, I'm like, you're going home with Dad. <laughs> Which one did you get? Uh, just the classic. The regular? And yeah. then I put a big wad of it in my mouth, and 20 seconds later my jaws hurt and I spit it back out. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: all shot. Yeah, but you got it, though. You got that moment. Mm-hmm.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,